Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear listeners, although they may not always be conscious of it, A great many people move away from the reality of daily life during the days around Christmas. They seem to end up on a sidetrack of history. Afterwards, they return to the normal routine of their human existence. This routine entails a daily rhythm of awakening in the morning, working during the day, and relaxing or diverting the attention through different activities at night. The weeks, too, have their routine of workdays and weekends. Yes, even the ongoing history of the world in which they live knows its common features, such as conflicts and wars, unrest and violence, economic ups and downs, etc., When the time of Christmas is approaching, however, every rhythm and routine must be interrupted. Workdays become holidays, normal light turns to Christmas lights, yes, even the ongoing conflicts and wars make place for a temporary truce and artificial peace. For Christmas is special, the story uncommon, the history abnormal, the events extraordinary. This special experience of Christmas, however, dear listeners, is unlike its very origin, the birthday of Christ. Then all things continued as usual, so much so that no one was aware of its great event. In the entire world community, The happening went unnoticed. It's only through divine interference by means of angels that the circle of believers, of shepherds, and of scientists paid attention to it. Without God's own information in His Word, no one would see today either what really went on at the time, namely, the Son of God, The Lord Jesus Christ placed the history of church and world on the track of salvation. The Son of God entered upon the world of man, lost in sin, upon the history of misery of church and world. This world and history of misery and disaster would have remained unchanged had not the Son of God come down. By God's rule and the Son's birth, the history of church and world was changed, breaking through every routine, every rule, and every rut. Now He, the Lord Jesus, still rules the ways of the world and still controls the courses of history. That is the gospel, dear listeners, of Christ's birth about the real truth which we celebrated just two days ago. 
Luke described the story of Christ's birth in such a way that with a few changes in the names, it could have happened today. Chapter 2 starts out with the names of some great and prominent men. We could mention a few of those names for our time as well. Augustus and Quirinius were men who could make or break their subjects if they deemed this necessary. We know such people today as well. They became well-known all over because their decisions affected many. One decree could break up the whole society and bring the whole world in motion. A few important world leaders could do so today also. Augustus, the mighty Caesar of Rome, completely controlled the political situation in the world. Without his permission, no country in the inhabited world could as much as move. It was impossible to get around him in any decision or plan. When putting it this way, it almost sounds like the description of the power of God. Well, indeed, to Augustus, divine names and divine honor was given. The world did not need a Savior. He was there already. Augustus, the Exalted One, was his name. He earned that name by his noble rule. He pursued the freedom, the peace, and the prosperity of his subjects. He was a man with high ideals for the world. Well, from this Augustus, the decree came that a kind of census, a complete registration of his entire empire, should take place. So that's what happened. However cumbersome and troublesome that would be for his subjects— Is this actually not the same still, dear listeners? What do people talk about? What are people looking for? In world affairs is not the first question. What will Washington do? How will London, Paris, Berlin, or Moscow respond? The world situation depends on the powers of men like them. In that framework, you also have to see the census which took place when the Son of God was coming into this world. This census had been in progress for quite a while already. Now, however, also the people of Israel become involved. Those people, too, are part of the whole of the Roman Empire and nothing more. Joseph was confronted with the question of compliance or revolt as well. After all, Joseph is from the generation of David. He is the heir par excellence. Would he have to pay taxes? Should he submit to the call of registration? Well, Joseph also set out on a journey together with Mary, his wife. She comes along, even if this was not really necessary. No, that was not a matter of sacrificing principles for practical purposes. This was a case of humiliation, 
ordained by God himself. Already before his birth, the promised son of David, who at the same time is son of God, was subjected to the decree of the Caesar. Why? Well, dear listener, because there was yet another one who also assessed the world and mankind. God. And he determined that due to sin, nothing could be collected from this earth. The world was in a condition of total bankruptcy. Unless, unless God himself would interfere. Unless he would, unlike Augustus, seek to give to them, yes, give his own son for the salvation of the world. Above the government buildings in Rome, the center of the world, dear listeners, the Almighty God is enthroned. Without knowing it, Caesar Augustus is subservient to God and his plan. Against his will, he must cooperate in the breakthrough of the kingdom of heaven. In Luke 2, we read, In those days. What days? In the days that were described in chapter 1 of Luke's account. In the days in which the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, prepared everything for the coming of his Son in the flesh. Then, in those days, God came to visit his people. It was not Augustus' agenda which determined the birth of the Christ in Bethlehem, but God's program which ordained the census of Israel. When the son of David, together with his son according to the law, underwent the greatest humiliation, the Lord spoke his degree so that his son would go through suffering to glory through death to the victory over death and over all the enemies of life. What a comfort, dear listeners, this gospel of Christ's birth, also in our world filled with turmoil. Many are filled with fear. Today as well, there are dictators who are after others, seeking what they can take. Peoples and nations are run underfoot, starving, massacred. The message of Luke 2, however, proclaims that the throne of God is set up also above Syria, Iraq, and North Korea. You don't have to become nervous when you watch the shocking news flashes. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to him who came from Bethlehem to the heavenly Jerusalem. With this message he sent his disciples into the world. Only a few years later, the Apostle Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, is standing in Rome. There he proclaims the name of the Savior of the world. What a comfort! The gospel of Christ's birth teaches us that where our human considerations see darkness, the plan of God works light and makes progress in his work toward the coming of his kingdom. 
Jesus Christ is King. He reigns. His power does not manifest itself in spectacular ways. He seeks us in our poverty. He finds us in our misery due to sin. Thus he came to you and me also, dear listeners, that we would believe in him, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the only name given by which we can be saved. Thank you so much for listening. 